Well, hello, ladies and gents. You're with uh, Adriatosaurus, uh, the coach of Livid and Tevita Loca. Uh, and I'm coming to you here. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm only up to the Saturday games, actually. I'm, I'm having a special guest on. And, and as, um, you know, our you know time clocks and, and meeting up with each other at the right times, Woodland, we're recording on a Sunday morning, a Sunday afternoon. So, um, you know, I haven't seen Sunday games, but... Um, look, I can go over the big issues and the scores, um, you know, for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday games, and I'll probably finish off the show, you know, covering, um, you know, the Sunday games, you know, post-chatting with my, my special guest. Um, look, you know, this round was a real humdinger of a round, and everybody knew that. We we were going into it with, um, you know, we were very ten- tentative, I guess, and worried, I guess, for a lot of teams because some people were, were, weren't even able to make a 17. And if, if we were going with 17s, you know, a lot of people were really struggling for a quality 17. We're probably playing some less than desirables, if we're being honest. Um, and look, it's a round where, um, you know, it hasn't, it doesn't look like a huge high scoring round altogether anyway. Um, and that's probably a good thing for those people who are you know, with less numbers out there. But look, when you go in with 15s and 16s, um, what you really hope for is a couple of your, you know, unique players or your, you know, a couple of surprises in there for real big, big scores. And and this round hasn't really delivered that, I don't think, so far, really. And um, look, you know, for me personally, I, I captained Dewey um, and he hobbled his way to 50. And I don't even know if that game's updated, but... I don't even know if you'll stay on 50, and that's a terrible captain score. Uh, fuck, mate. Just real disappointing. But um, look, you know, the other captain I was going to go was Ponger, and he he had a shocker as well, which we'll cover in, um, you know, in the scores. But it's a round, I think, that is, is, is a tough old round. There's a tough old end of the year. You know, actually, just off the top, you know, I hear on a few of the podcasts people speculating, you know, um, how do you see the game for next year? Do you think we'll have more trades? Look, I think, um, you know, they might bring in some rules that ease the pressure for us with, um, you know, players out and stuff like that. And I, I, look, uh, we can all speculate what it's going to be, but I, I think, look, you got to ask yourself a couple of questions if you're super coach. I think the guys at the Daily Telly, um, and this is answering my, giving my opinion on, on more trades or not for next year. Um, I think number one is you want people playing the game. If you, if you're running, you know, super coach, you want as many entries as you can get. Um, and I think that if we have a year like this year, you'll, you'll actually probably have less players next year. Um, because I, I've, I, I've been, I'm friends with a lot of people in the super coach community and, and a lot of them have just like, you know, signed out and they just deleted the app and boom, you know, with a seven, eight rounds to go, you know, just going, oh, look, it hasn't been a great year. I haven't had, had as much fun with it and fuck it. I'm, I'm over it. Um, now we always say, oh, you know, like it's not supposed to be easy to game. Um, it's supposed to be hard. And, you know, you've always, everybody who plays it for year after year knows that you've got to conserve trades. Um, but look, the fact of the matter is, is you want people playing the game, um, and you want the game to basically, you want to keep people engaged in the game as long as you can. Um, this year, I think that unfortunately, um, with, look, if the NRL changes rules with concussions and with suspensions and, 
if the game changes, this game should change, you know, and that is as simple as that. So I think, you know, even if it's two extra trades or three extra trades, there's got to be extra trades next year because there's going to be more concussions. There's going to be more suspensions. Even if they look back at this year, the NRL has changed and Supercoach needs to change. It needs to accommodate for the changes in the game that have, have made it so. I mean, NRL bring in an 18th man themselves, but we're going to play the same old Supercoach game. No, it's not meant to be easy. It's it's always meant to be a challenge, and to win Supercoach, you gotta you gotta really play the game well. Um, but look, there's 170, 130 odd thousand people playing it. You can't alienate, you know, half of your playing group and and have all these ghost teams and people giving up so early. You want people to stay engaged in the game as long as they can. So how about not making it easy, easy? you know lemon squeezy but you've got to find the middle ground so don't make it too hard as well i think that this year we're probably boarded on you know with the concussions and the suspensions and and all of that um we've probably boarded on i think too hard maybe just a smidge too hard just to keep people engaged so um my personal opinion is not not many extra trades or even you know they might work a special way that the trades can come in maybe if you've suffered injuries and stuff like that um and and that's the only way you get extra trades i don't know but uh, my vote is that it's got to be a couple at the very minimum um for trades not two a week or whatever you know like what we had last year but there's got to be something has to be something because I think you're alienating too many people this year um, with the way that the game's changed um, in, in NRL, which has definitely affected the scoring uh, in Supercoach. And it's also affected, you know, the, the, the carnage that teams face every, you know, week or, or, you know, over the course of the year, what we've, we've suffered this year. So there's my two cents on that. Um, and anyway, we'll get into the show. Now, how did I go last week? You know, I got a 14.73 last week, which I thought was pretty good was probably, I think, you know, below par, I thought, um, and I went down 27 spots, you know, so, you know, I was pretty happy with that, to be quite honest. Um, now we get into this week. Um, I made it through to some really key head-to-heads and finishing top four and winning in the first week. I got through to a lot of, um, you know, second week of finals um, this week, which is a really good result, um, and I've basically got three do or die um, head-to-heads this week, um, and you know, two of them are an absolute write-off. Uh, you know, the people are gonna, you know, score eleven hundreds, and and I'm not even, I'm probably real hard-pressed getting to a thousand this week. I think I'm gonna probably finish about nine seventy, which sucks, boss. It's a terrible week for me, and I'm look, I'm running down, and the reason I'm running down is because, you know, six of my um, head-to-heads I've made it through to next week. That's where I'd like to use last trade, you know, to you know, strategically win those and, and win some cash. Um, and out of the three here, you know, there's one that I'm a chance in, a rough chance. And, you know, um, I'll just I'll just take my chances, you know, and um, that's just the way it is. It's, uh, you know, I'm running down because, you know, what a Olam getting rested. He's He was a number accounted for. You know, I knew I wasn't going to get Hughes and the turbo was probably... Uh, a dusty old one but um you know just you know the 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 carnage it's just killed me but look i'm on um you know i'm sitting here now one game has been updated as i'm looking at it now um and i'm on 805 so you know i'm down to get 972 and i've only got a couple of players left um which is it's a real smelly old round you know and 
disappointing. You know, I got off to a good start in the week, um, really, because I had Addo Carr, got 136. Um, you know, Hines down dated actually, lost about 12 or 13 points, can't, can't remember um off the top of my head but um you know i haven't got you know i've got i've got a 30 odd my lowest score of the week is Fafita. fucking david Fafita, mate we'll talk about him when we go through the games but um you know there's not many 31 is my lowest you know but the only ton i I got this week was out of bloody josh out of car and you know and that's i'll be very surprised if i don't get some red arrows this week what do i from this far out without seeing the last games I think about a thousand and fifty will probably be par this week. A thousand and fifty, but it all hinges really on Teddy because Teddy's going to be a high captaincy um, choice for for teams, um, and Teddy could easily just go out and bang out a one a hundred fifty against the Dragons. Now, if Teddy goes out and gets one hundred and fifty against the Dragons, then it's huge red arrows, and it even cha- changes the weekly par, you know, because. Phew, you know that you get those huge scores and changes everything so um look if teddy goes out and bangs out an 80 or 90 you know 80 um i think that par is about 1050 maybe up to 1100 so you know i'm going to lose 100 you know points this week and see some red arrows but it's all about strategically next week and getting through the second week you know worth of matchups and hopefully some troops back next week turbo for one and maybe hughes makes it back but um you know and olam obviously you know so you pump up those numbers you can put in a strong 17 um and you then you can strategically trade you know so it's really smarter to 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 save it this week and look yeah i'm gonna have to bow out of a couple of head-to-heads and it seems silly you know i could go in and give myself a chance but you know who am i going to trade from sunday games i don't want anyone you know only Hass, you know and teddy i guess i'd probably want you know and um I'm not trading fullbacks, so, you know, just it has, doesn't work for me to, to, to bring anyone in and try to, you know, get over the top of those other head-to-heads. I think you just got to play the majority, so I'll be doing that. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm going to get I'm gonna get some red arrows, I think, this week. It's not off to a superb um, start. Um, look, the Turbos Hammies Cup, so obviously I, I upset Tim Moody, you know, the, the personal leading super coach. Uh, overall, he's a bloody legend of a bloke and a champion player. I hope, you know, um, you know the carnage has missed him. I haven't really had a chance to have a look at him this week. Um, but he, he'll be playing in the Turbos Hammies. You know, someone is playing to get a game against me next week. I think um, now that the draw flips, it'll be Mikey and... Um, yeah, Mikey versus uh, the House of Wrath. Uh, oh, yeah, the Cowboy, you know, to, to verse me next week in the semi. So I'm ex- excited. It'll be really fun to verse either of those next week. Um, and, yeah, the other one is the Villi Army up against um, Joe uh, from the SC Champions podcast. So uh, we've got a couple of um, SC experience in there. We've got a bit of Adrianosaurus, and we've got some SC Champions, and we've got you know, the points per minute, bloke, so, um, you know, the Turbos Hammies has been a great old cup, and a great, great league, and, and it's coming down to the wire, um, all right, the talking points for the week for me, um, Paps, Paps is back, I think, you know, he looked much better in that game, um, you know, and he got, he started at fullback, he, he looked good to me, um, look, you know, he, he probably wasn't back to where he's been, 
uh, at the start of the year, but it was it was definitely promising signs, I think. And I would be very surprised if Paps doesn't start at fullback next week. Um, you know, he, he, he finished on 101 this week. Um, and, and he, and he looks the goods to me. Um, and I think, I think he's back. If I had to look at it, he turned up, he looked a lot more confident out there and, and, um, that people who own Paps will be much happier. Now, I think he's going to get a hundred every week plays now, pretty much. Um, now the flip side of that is Heinz, you know, so maybe Hughes doesn't come back next week and Heinz gets another go in the halves. Um, look, he downdated. He went down to uh, 51, Heinz, uh, and he's certainly lost a lot of sting. He's obviously not kicking goals, um, but, you know, people didn't have a choice this week but to play him, I, th- I would say. Um, best case scenario, Heinz, um, you know, like he plays again another 80 minutes in, in halfback next week if Hughes is out or he's going to be a benchy, I think, and maybe he gets 20 minutes, you know, in the middle, and maybe he spells, you know, Pappenhaus and, um, I don't know, maybe for 10 or 15 or 20, you know, it's just really up in the air, so Heinz, his stocks have, have, have fallen, I think, and Paps is, he's, 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 um, on the way up big time, um, what else did I put about that game? Grant is, uh, Harry Grant is the man at nine, man. Like, um, you know, the cheese is an absolute weapon. And, you know, when I talk with my guest, you know, later on, we're, we're doing a little bit of a chat um, of the year, who we think our start and flops uh, positionally, you know, in the year. And, and you can pick your own reasons why someone's a start or someone's a flop. It doesn't necessarily have to be the person who's the highest averaging in their position. It could be someone who's underwhelmed you because they had an awesome year last year. It could be someone who came out of nowhere or started as a cheapie or was low ownership, whatever. But, um, you know, I've, I've got the the cheese in there, you know, as a, as a stud because he was dual, um, you know, and, and, and he was pretty cheap to start the year. And, you know, he's played almost every game when Harry Grant and stuff was out and he was an answer for people in the hooking position. Um, so he, he got the stud for me. But, mate, Harry Grant comes back in 97 he did it so easily this week and um you know the cheese was rested um but the cheese will come back next week and you know um i'd be yeah maybe they just start with cheese to take a bit of the roughness out of the game and bring harry back on but um man grant looks great when he gets gets the the full 80 you know like maybe you can get start the game and play 60 and you know brandon smith can get 20 at hooker and and 20 um, you know, as a running sort of lock position, but, um, look, um, yeah, Grant's, Grant's bloody awesome. Um, all right. The other thing to note, obviously in that game against the Titans is what the hell is going on with Fafita, mate? He has gone from the penthouse to shit house. And the last few weeks you see him on field and, um, look, he did start this game, got 31 points. It's, I mean, how far removed from the guy who started the year? He looks disinterested. Um, he is taking less runs. He's not tackle breaking. Um, it looks to me like um, the ball players on field in the past or in the start of the year, that you were looking for David Fafita on the field as a weapon. You know, they were looking to, for him to get ball. Um, and he's just not getting enough touches. He doesn't go looking for the ball. And, and I noticed on field that they're skipping him out. You know, they're, they're passing to other people in, instead of him. And there's a bit of the old throwing the hands up in the air like he wants the ball. And, you know, he's just not getting the ball. He he, he It's hard to know who went off the skids bigger this year out of, um, you know, Fafita from the penthouse to the to shit house out of him and, and um, 
Jerome Luai, mate, because Jerome Luai, you know, he is basically like Saab with, without Turbo when he's got no Cleary. Um, you know, so a huge, huge drop. I mean, you could put Lolo in there as a fall from grace, but he was, he's been shit all year. He hasn't started great and then let you down like Luai and um, Fafita, but there's some huge problems with Fafita and his interest levels and the way the team is using him. Um, look, they copped a, a bit of a flogging there off the, um, you know, off the Melbourne Storm, who are the top team, and, um, you know, I don't think they're using Fafita the way, um, you know, they should, uh, and, and he, he doesn't look like he, for a mate, if you had to lock it in, do you, do you think the Titans have really got their money's worth this year, having David Fafita for on the money, on the coin he's on? Absolutely not. Not in my view. I think it's an absolute ripoff. I mean, you look at the Parrot Eels with um, Isaiah Papali'i, 150000 for him. I, I would have preferred his his year well and truly above um, Fafita's year. A tenth of the cost. It's just insane, but he's gone off a cliff and he's got a three-round average 58 points for feeder, you know, and his year average was up near 100. Um, it's concerning the last three weeks. I mean, he's had his bench games with limited minutes and then he starts the game. He doesn't look any bloody better. Um, ooh, what have I got in there? On the um, Panthers versus, you know, the Rabbitohs game, how the hell did the bunker miss that um, obstruction? for the try it's a massive um <coughs> it's a massive blunder i mean you, you know he takes the ball on the inside shoulder runs it behind his player to the outside shoulder it, it should only take two seconds in the bunker for them to just say no try straight away it, there's no mention of it and then they give the try i mean we we talk about the bunker the bunker this week has jumped in way too often and it's made and it's made too many shit calls um and and that actually changed the game you know i think scores might have been level at that point um but it was a massive fail and you know look the, they went on and won the game you know um penrith panthers and and power to you or whatever but a call like that which is clearly not a try you know then they slot a field goal but you know scores would have been level and it shouldn't have gone up as a try. It shouldn't get freebie like that. And I mean, look, twenty-five to twelve, the game ended, and I don't think South. Look, South still. Uh, I've been saying on the podcast in in the weeks prior that you know they clock off and put their slippers on in the second half, and they had a tough game against a tough team this week, and all of the conditioning they've done just to have casual second halves like Cody Walker, fifty-one points, and he and he was he couldn't be cited in the second half this this game, and I think he, they conditioned themselves to be shit in the second half. And, you know, they couldn't get the job done against the Panthers. But the bunker jump, go when a try goes up to the bunker, you can't, you should not be fucking it up like that. Clear obstruction, clear as a nose on your face. If you can't run your bunker properly and make the right calls with, you got the video there of what has happened, something as fundamental as that obstruction, then you need to scrap the bunker. They need to be stood down. Something, you know, old mate Annesley can say, oh, you can't criticize the, yes, you can, mate. That's the bunker. It costs an absolute fortune and that's what it's there to do, to make the right calls. And that was a huge, huge blunder. Um... Look, Grant Atkins should never, ever have game of the round, in my opinion. Um, you know... <laughs> all the stuff on the socials you know that he's a life member of the um, Penrith coaching you know blah I mean look I think that's probably getting a bit too far he obviously that's just location of where he did his coaching um but you know I just don't think he's up there for the big games in the year and 
you know, I think that game was poorly officiated. I mean, um, what was the penalty count? Like 11-2 or something. And, you know, there was only two, six again. It's like now they've decided to change. It's all changed again. So we're going to now give penalties and we're going to cut out, cut down the, the six agains. But it all depends on which ref you are. So 11-2 penalty count and two six agains. It was a mess. And and Grant Atkins is, is a shit ref. He's no good. Um yeah, but the, the second half that they've been clocking off um, South, it really didn't help them um, this week. And they, you know, like, it, it, it's, yeah, it just baffles me that they um, clock off so much in second halves and they want to get to the big big end of the season, you know. So, anyway, they got what they deserve this week. Um, oh, I mean, late in the game, there was some bloody knees there that, on Josh, I mean, uh, Mansell's fucking head from Luai. I mean, so what, you can, if you hit someone with your shoulder or your elbow and you open them up, it's not a pe- not a penalty at least. I mean, don't put them, I mean, everything goes on report now, but you can knee someone fair in the head and, and split them. It's not even a penalty. I mean, it just seemed like they were being, that game was managed a little bit, maybe Penrith's way, just a smidge, because that should have been a penalty at the very least. Um, what do we got? Um, yeah, anyway, I, I've got nothing else really to talking about, um, the games, you know, there's just, there's just mistakes in there, um, in, in other, in the other games that are officiated as well, the bunker jumped in today, oh yeah, what, what was the one for the, it was the, in the South game saying downtown, you know, I don't know, I mean, my opinion on the rules is I thought that the kicker, if they run, they can put a player back on side, if, and, and that's what Adam Reynolds did. What's this downtown? The bunker jumps in and, and calls that one up. I mean, uh, they dudded a try there. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's fishy. Fishy, fishy, fishy. Uh, anyway, um, look, let's go about the scores. We'll talk about, um, you know, who's done well for the week and who's not and, and um, the game. So, look, uh, Melbourne, you know, 34 to 20, you know, I don't think they were as convincing. Look, they did have some key troops out and rested and stuff this week, and they got the job done, but... They weren't convincing to me. And, and look, if if the last three weeks, you know, because look, everyone, I hear people on, on other podcasts go, oh, the Raiders, you know, they're pretty shit. Well, look, you know, we gave Manly a red hot go this week and probably a bit unlucky there. You know, I think Ricky Stewart's bench was stupid and the way that he used the bench was stupid. It's his fault we, the Raiders lost, but we gave Melbourne a good run for their money last week and we gave uh, Manly a real good run run for their money this week. I think that Melbourne are not as cut and dry um, premiers as everyone thinks. I think they're a little bit scrappy and um, you know, I think teams can get them. Two key teams. Um, look, the good scores for the week, Josh Adokar got over some pies, 100, 136. I mean, far out. He's been 220s in a row. So as an owner, I was glad to see a bloody good score from Josh Adokar. Let's hope it continues. Uh, the big mad dog monster, he's warming up. And look, with the key people out that she's, look, let's face it, he's a fucking ball hog and he just dummy half runs. Him and Harry Grant, and, you know, between him, Harry Grant and Pappenhausen, you know, Munster and doesn't get any bloody ball. Um, but this week he got his hands on the ball a lot. Um, 111 for, for the mad dog and a really good score. I think, you know, he's a good, you know, him and him and Cody, he, he, he's definitely got, he's doubled Cody this week. Um, and I think the Mad Dog's going to have a good finish to the year. Um, Pappenhausen, as we mentioned, 
um, in my notes there. He looked pretty good to me. He looked a lot more confident. He looked a lot more elusive, like the, the Pappenhausen that we know. 101, great score. Harry Grant, 97. Um, look, he's he's going to be one of my first three pick next week, next year because I think he'll probably go into a bigger minutes role next year, obviously, you know, the injury permitting. Um, but, mate, the hook has been, in this new game, it's been a dead spot in Supercoach. And Harry Grant, if he gets 60-plus minutes, he'll get you 80 to 100 points. Um, and, you know, you saw him with minutes this week. He just absolutely smashed it up, 97. Um Look, Hines, he's downdated, and he was not too flashy in halves. He was okay. Uh, I was happy enough with 69. I think he was on something like that. Um, and he's downdated because that game has, has actually updated. Um, over the other side, Marju, the big beast, he didn't get over for a try, 73. A lot of people have been forced to play him. Um, there's a bit of whispers that um, Sammy is you know, on the recovery, you know, on the mend and, and could come in. Um I don't think I don't think the beast. I don't think Marjorie's going to lose his spot. He's such a good he, his energy levels and his tough runs. He's he's a bit like Toto, um, and I think that he's he's way better than Sammy, for mine. Um, David Fafita was an absolutely deplorable. Something's wrong with David, and his attitude stinks. Um, and I think coach is having a lot of trouble trying to work out how to get money's worth out of him. But I mean, at the moment on the ledger. David should be given back 700k <laughs> because he's really not um he's not had a he's he, he's not had a good year probably what are we in out of the rounds I reckon he's probably had seven great you know out of this world games and then otherwise it's just been either shit house or okay yeah so not much there for um yeah not much at all uh, for David 31 points um all right into the next game uh we had the Manly versus the Raiders. Um, Daily Cherry Evans with a with an eighty four was okay. Um, we expected that he might do pretty well, um, you know, because he obviously a lot more responsibility on him with Tommy Turbo out. Um, look, I VC'd him for eighty four. Should have just fucking looped him. I would have got you know, that's sixty points there because I went bloody Dewey. Um, but he was okay with eighty four and wasn't less than convincing game. Um, you know, Hamoli got over for a nice try. I thought he was nearly their best on ground, 77. Um, Suli was good, filling in in the, in the center wing. I think they've got to find a spot for him somewhere in there because he's playing really good. He, he's so damaging when he runs. He's a bit like, you know, maybe put him in the second row as well. We'll give him some minutes there. Um, and look, you know, Garrick, we, we knew that Garrick and Saab with no turbo is just, you know, like... How unfortunate. You might as well put a line through three players when Turbo doesn't play. But Garrick in fullback position, 50 points. That's very underwhelming. And, you know, Jason Saab, 20 points. And no Turbo. There's no no Turbo. There's no Saab or, or Garrick, unfortunately. Um, over the other side, you know, Tomoko. A few people might have brought him in, um, you know, a while back. I don't, what's his ownership? Tomoko. He's in... Uh, three percent of teams and you know with the numbers that you would have had this week you might have had to play him um and you know if you did play him it's a bit like um good old Simonson last week getting 100 against the Melbourne Storm um Tomoka got a 19 he had a really good game um Simonson himself with a 63 which is you know okay um you know nothing else really um you know the Raiders side you know, the points get shared around there's never any superb scorers in um 
in the in the Raiders team. Um, look, there was a good game, you know, and I'm a Raiders fan. Um, look, why did Ricky Stewart go in with you know a, a halfback on in the on the bench and a fullback on the bench? Now, if if Chance was fit, play him. You know, and and if you're going to take him on the bench, he he's got to be your only back on the bench. And you know, why are you taking um, why are you taking a halfback, <laughs> you know, Benchy, Frawley on your bench? You know, like you've got Hodgson coming in to an an eighty minute role because you've lost Starling for the year and he hasn't played such big minutes. So wouldn't Havili be a better choice because at least. He can spell Hodgson for, for minutes in in um, dummy half. He's, he's serviceable in dummy half. Or he could be a second row, you know, running for second rower, which is the role that he's played in the past. It was stupid by Ricky to take the two small players on the bench. And then when he decides with uh, 25 minutes to go or whatever to bring Chance in, he takes off uh, easily our best player on the field for the night in Rapana and probably our best player all year in Rapana and our, definitely our best player of the last five weeks. And he had a bit of the hot hands in that game. So, yeah, take him off and bring Chance on. And sure enough, Chance's first touch, he, he drops the ball and, and manly score, which is fucking stupid coaching. Um, and, you know... <laughs> They, the Raiders gave it everything, all the players in that game, they, they really gave it their best and they just had a shit coach with shit coaching and they, that's the reason why they lost that game. Um, Alright, on to the next game. Um, yeah, there was that that game, uh, you know, with terrible refereeing, a couple of dubious calls, um, Penrith versus Souths. Um, Damien Cook was good, he took some runs in there, he looked a bit more elusive and I think that's a couple of back-to-back good scores from Cookie. Um, 83, which is a good score. Um, Dane Gagai was pretty good there as well with 74. Um, Cody Walker, mate, he started the game with a flash and then, you know, the slippers went on and, um, you know, like, he, I think it's part of the reason why they doubted him in origin because I just don't think he, he, he he's good at p- putting scores on and um, rolling these, you know, shitty teams. But um, he went missing the other night, I, I think, in the second half particularly. Um, and look, you know, the 12.59, Cam Murray looked busier than, than 62 to me. Um, but yeah, not, not the best score for those guys. And, um, you know, they really sort of, yeah, went a bit missing. Um, Alex Johnston, a lot of people would have held him and been really happy that he was back and he got a 29. So, you know, in the past few weeks, it's been Ado Car with his 20s and he got a ton this week. And then, um, Alex Johnston comes back and he gets a tw- he gets in the 20s um which is you know a bit disappointing um over the other side um Cleary was pretty good with a 74 um he, he looked like he looked like he was pretty traveling pretty well out there he didn't look afraid of the contact or anything for me um 74 is not a bad score i mean people who would have been paying and through the nose to get Cleary um you would have been hoping for a hundred i guess um, or a big, big hundred. But look, I think the matchup next week if for, for you. Um, that's the reason why you would have bought Cleary. So against South, another top four team, I think 74 is quite um, serviceable. Um, and look, the game going to update. He's always getting unicorns anyway, so he'll probably go up to 100 knowing him. Um, Coruscant was good for, for a 72. Yo was, was strong in a 70. Um, nothing else really for me. Burton... 43 was okay. He's pretty well owned. Um, 
<sighs> yeah, I mean, Capewell was pretty quiet. I think he came off the bench, did he? Or or did he start and they 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 put kick out from the bench? Yeah, I think so. Um, Jerome Luai, 18. You know, we thought maybe with Cleary back, he was, you know, got a 60-odd last week, and then it was poo-poo again this week, which is disappointing. It was a really good game, and I think it lived up to match of the round for mine. Um, that obstruction try, I thought, was a load of BS, and sh- stupid, stupid, stupid by the... The bunker made the wrong call giving that a, a try. It should not have been a, a try, um, and... You know, I think that there was a penalty for the knee to the head that was missed, and I think that, that downtown, we always, and Reynolds, we, we, we call it all the time as downtown. I've never heard that, mate. Atkins, you fucking idiot. And, you know, um, I thought, that, you know, the kicker can run him on side. But anyway, um, it wasn't without its controversy in my view, but look, I, I still think Penrith are the better team on the day, and I think South really need to, they needed that game, they needed to have a grind for two halves, and they need to start to learn to stand and deliver in the second half of games. Um, the Sharks put 50 on the West Tigers, on bloody hell, I tipped the Tigers in this one, um, and look, I, oh, absolutely fucking flawed and damaged uh, in a week where I was running numbers low, having Dewey as my captain for 52, and he might down date, I think, um, really disappointing. Um, you know, he went off injured at one point, but it just, you know, this, they, obviously when you get 50 points put on you, they've got the ball in their hands a fair bit, but the Tigers were pretty shit today, uh, or in, sorry, on, on Saturday, they were pretty shit, and, um, yeah, I mean, look, there wasn't any really good scores, you had Cheekham get, you know, an 82, <laughs> that was their top scorer. Yeah, and there was not much else. I mean, um, you know, Tikamano, 54. A couple of 50s in there. Luciano, 54. You know, um, yeah, I think in, in there, in that game, there's just too much Brooks and, and Embi for my liking. Nofaluma, 29, was pretty shit. Yeah, they weren't very good, the old Tigers. And over the other side, Trinder was um, fantastic, 130. Um, I can't remember. Did Savs bring from the ST experience, bring in Trindle, so there you go, saves you bloody legend, I hope you played him, um, 130, um, Katoa, 102, good, Mulatalo, but he, he went off, um, injured, didn't he, the old Mulatalo, he turned up as well though, Metcalf, he looks like a fairly good prospect, um, 93, good score, William Kennedy, 89, um, in 54, he just doesn't get a real terrible one, usually, um, Telekai for for the poor old owners of Telekai, he's been a shit owned really, um, twenty one, but you know the the Tigers really they could have made a little late charge this year, you know at least they might have finished ninth, <laughs> but um they just they shit the bed today and they was they sucked and um you know hopefully Dewey you know he was getting rubbed on the sideline there and he didn't come back on the game was already gone but you know he'll be an interesting watch for next week, um. In the Newcastle, the, the Newcastle actually found it bloody tough to beat the Bulldogs. <laughs> I mean, look, they're so not very convincing, the old Bull, uh, the Newcastle Knights, and they seemed, in this game, like they got a little bit of a helping old hand. <laughs> um, you know, to me, the, that disallowed try, like it was being helped today to try to get Newcastle into the finals. Um, Scores-wise, Watson was good, 91. He played good minutes today. Um, look, Jake Clifford got an 89, but we're going to talk about, um, Jake Clifford. Um, Clem started and got a 69. Barnett was okay with a 64. Um, 
you know, Braley, it's all just tackles. 48, hopefully he updates to 50. You think they jibbed him on some tackles in there. But Ponga, 42. Now, look, Ponga must be lame. He must be so injured because he, he, he fucking sucks and he looks shit out there. Like, all he's doing is these, you know, the dish off passes. He doesn't look to be running the ball with any venom or stepping or anything like that. And you know what I saw today? A lot of um, him f- throwing his hands up in the air and having a big tantrum um, that he's not getting the ball. Um, and, you know, they just, some of the times they just pass out to Clifford on these nothing plays. You can tell that Clifford's just had got no idea what he's going to do. Um, and Ponga wants the ball. Um, Pearson and Clifford are absolutely starving Ponga, and it doesn't seem like it's in their game plan to get Ponga the ball. Um, and, yep, 22 to to 16 against the Dogs is what you get when your best player, you know, Ponga's better than three Cliffords, you know, but let's just keep giving Clifford the ball. But he was not happy today, Ponga, and he he the, he played rubbish today. Like, he was outplayed by Meany. On the opposite side today, Meany played twice as good as Bonga today, without a, any doubt, you know, uh, at all. And um, yeah, there's some some worries there for Ponga. And I, you know, this is the the matchup that you're like Ponga's a 150, and I was tempted to. I mean, after last week with a 30, I was spooked. But it's a 30 odd last week, and it's a 42 this week. And he's throwing his hands up in the air, and he's just. He looked like he was scared of the contact. Of the fi- I know he had the sternum, and I know he's got a shoulder. He's made a glass, mate. And, you know, you got these hundreds and two hundreds coming from Turbo, and Teddy's going to probably go 100 plus or 150 t- tomorrow. And there's little old Ponga throwing his hands in the air, getting paid a mozza, and avoiding the contact. You know, just dishing off. You know, anyone can, any old shit fullback can just dish off passes take the catch at fullback and dish it off to the wingers. It's such a boring game. Um, but yeah, you know, the Ryan James, <laughs> 79, he's been good since he's been, been loaned to the Dogs. Um, Thompson, 49, you know, people were waiting for him to get back, and that's a bit low for him. Uh, I think he's on for a crusher again this week as well. He loves the old suspension as well. Um, not much else really there from the Dogs. Um but yeah, um, you know, over the other side, it was it was the Clifford and Bloody Pierce show. Got you over the line by, you know, six points <laughs> over the dogs. I mean, the Knights, they just don't look at all cohesive or like they're, they're on fire to me. And Ponga, uh, you know, like, wow, very bad. Um, the last game on the Saturday, um, Parrot Eels, well, you know... 32 to 16 against you know the Cowboys who are absolutely terrible. The Cowboys are terrible. Um and look, you know, 32 to 16 the Eels, you know, looked like they were on top for the whole game but they weren't um you know, they didn't um excite excite my socks off, you know, like they were pretty average I think the the Eels. Um Moses got 103, you know, that is the one good thing. He was running the ball a bit tonight and looked a lot more slick, put someone down the sideline. Um, he looked a lot better, um, Moses, um, and, and, you know, Dylan Brown, he, I've got him down where we play the game. He's, he's on the list and it's not on the, having a great year list. Um, but he had a better game tonight. He looked like he had a bit more energy. Gutho 58, fullback, Ponga 42, Gutho 58. It's not going to win your bloody head to heads. 
Um, and the real disappointing thing for me was IPAP. You know, obviously in the front row, we know his minutes are going to be down. Um, I don't even know if he got to 40 minutes in this game. Um, you know, and, and still sitting on a 39. So, you know, it's a bit of a fall for grace, fall from grace for him. I know being dual and, and playing the big minutes in the second row, he was he was the runaway front row leader of the year for Supercoach. But when he's actually playing front row and he's getting limited minutes, um, not as good. It's it's a bit a bit of a tough old watch because you're not getting scores that you want from him when he's actually playing front row. So. Um, look, I don't know when, uh, the big RCG is back, but I really, you know, I mean, everyone's got IPAP and you're going to be playing him, you know, but you know, like while he's in the front row and if the, if they run out with the same team that they've got here, you, you, you can, you can go to the bank on the fact that he's going to play 40 minutes, you know, and they, who they got, they got Melbourne or something coming up, you know, he, he, he could be a seat if you've got a better front rower, you know, like, um, yeah, because there's no not minutes there. Thirty nine. Um, yeah, and then what other good scores? One got Blake, eighty eight. No one's going to own him. Over the other side, there's no one that you're going to own in the Cowboys. Is there? Maybe um, Holmes. Holmes got pushed from fullback to the wing. Again, the coach. He's mate. Um, he, he's he's lucky that he signed this contract after do, you know doing a little bit for a half a year at the Warriors because. I don't see anything I like at the Cowboys. Nothing. And I don't like their signings for next year. Um, he's broken Lolo, <laughs> it seems, and made him a worse player. And I'm not I'm not enjoying anything I see from the Cowboys. They don't look like a threat in any way. And they don't look like a better team, you know, than they were the year before. So, you know, that's my opinion on that. <laughs> um... Yeah, so tomorrow's games, uh, we've got, um, you know, the Roosters versus St. George, and I think it's a, a really good game for your Teddy captains, and it could make or break the round. It's going to make a difference to um, people's scores, because if he goes huge, huge, um, you know, you and your 970, 80, you're going to have some big, big red arrows. Um, if he goes out and has a quieter game, you know, I could you could be 100 points down, because I think it's 1,000, 1,050 for the week. Um, you know, the Broncos versus the Warriors should be a pretty high scoring game as well. I think it's going to be a good, a good game for super coach scores. Um, you know, for both of those games, um, tomorrow. So all your pl- your likely players, you know, like your, uh, is Rad- Radley suspended again? I think he is, but your Tupus and your, your Manus will probably go pretty well in there. There's probably a chance for Pies against St. George. Um, you know, obviously Teddy, um, Sam Walker, I think will have a good game. Um, against the Dragons, um, and over the other, you know, in the other game, you know, there should be a lot of attack on offer in the, and a lot of points, I reckon, in the Warriors v um, the Broncos. Um, you know, the next we'll hear will be um, my guest. We'll, we're going to do, yeah, like I said, we're going to go through positions um, in Supercoach, and we're going to just put our studs and our flops out for the year. Um, we'll do the game show. Um, and then I'll probably do a little review on, you know, the last couple of games, the Sunday games and, you know, how the wash up and what is definitely looks like, <laughs> it, it, like the, what's on the card for, um, you know, super coach for the week. But yep, you should hear next from my guest. So yeah, next is guest. Welcome to my show, Benny. Or a sea sponge, as some may know. 
but welcome to the show. Let's talk some super coach because they love super coach. Okay, we're back, and that was my intro for Benny, aka the SC Sponge, who couldn't make it tonight, so I've got to fill in. Klim, welcome to the show. You're a contributor to the old um, BJ on Game Day, but how did you like my intro there for, for Benny? Yeah, hey guys, how's it going? Um, yeah, it was a good intro. Just <laughs> got to shout out Benny. Yeah, he's, I think he's been uh, busy with, you know, the being a single dad and all, but um, I wrote him an intro. He's the only person I've ever done that for. Um here, actually, I'll, I'll I'll press stop, and and when you hear it next, I'll, I'll that was the one I went with, but I'll 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 show you the one that I but it was the other choice in the uh, in the intro song. <laughs> so you, you you'll hear that next. Hang on. Welcome, Benny. You're on the Adrianosaurus talking super coach right now. Thanks for coming on, you're a nice guy and many will know you as SC Sponge. Thanks for coming on, let's talk super coach, we'll do it right now once I finish my song. No, 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 super coach, uh, uh, thanks for coming, Benny on the show. Uh, 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 uh. So there you go. I mean, I'll, I can be completely honest that I recorded both of those exactly one take. That's all I ever do. One take. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you'll be fine. They, they won't come after you for copyrights. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I don't know if that any anybody would ever hear that, my versions of the, <laughs> those songs. But um, if you're out there, Benny, and you're listening to the podcast, mate, uh, that's how much I love you, buddy. And I wrote some couple of intros for you. Stupid intros, yes, but... Um, you know, I wanted to welcome you to the show, but Clemmy, it's great to have you as well. You're a very good super coach mind, I think, and, and a, p- a person to talk to about super coach. Now, where I left off yesterday, I hadn't actually covered the last two games, so we might as well just jump straight into them. Um, because I recorded yesterday, you know, yesterday, but um, you know, Teddy was the difference this week, and I think you know, there's going to be two types of scores. There's going to be the right on the top of a thousand, and there's going to be some of those eleven fifty, twelve hundred. So people who captain Teddy. I lost some of my, you know, do or die head-to-heads this week because of Teddy, and he was just bloody awesome, wasn't he? Yeah, Teddy was really good. I mean, props to whoever held him. Uh, myself, I traded him to Ponga, which was a stupid mistake. But, yeah, what can we do? Well, yeah, well, I mean, the guy in first, uh, good old Timmy, he, he um, sold Ponga to Teddy and brought him straight in and captained him. So, you know, you're in first for a reason, aren't you? What a bloody champion. Well, uh, luck favours the brave. Yeah, and look, I mean, for me, I think if I oh, look when you have when it, there was a choice a few weeks ago, I think for everyone where you could have gone Paps, um, Teddy or Ponga, and just on draw alone, Ponga sort of stuck out as probably the most, um, you know, the one that you wanted to go with the most, I think. But far out is he? He's been so short of a gallop, hasn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, ever since he he got that slight injury, his confidence has been down. I mean, you could see what with Pappenhausen, same thing. You know, he was just uninterested. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, I mean, I saw a lot of hands thrown up by Ponga this weekend, like he wanted the ball and he wasn't getting it. But, um, you know, in the, in the fullback position, you get 30s and 40s when you've got... Uh, I think the combo home now, if you've got Turbo and Teddy, you're, you're sitting pretty. And, and, and I think even Paps now is probably back to that fullback spot playing, 
you know, bulk minutes and he, he turned up on the weekend as well. So, um, you know, you, I don't know if we're going to get anything better out of Ponga, just, just quietly. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he's a write-off for this season. Yeah, I think I'm fizzling out. But anyway, in that game, there was some bloody ripping scores. Um, Tedesco, 148 super score. I mean, we haven't had updates yet, but he was in everything. And you look at the stats, lots of try assists and... Um, all all the all the junk that Teddy does, mate. He's so busy on there, and it just it baffles me that the, these big forwards he just bounces off so many tackles, and you know he just got those power in his legs and just just keeps them churning over and bumps out of tackles. But one forty eight was a good score. I was on track for something like a bloody eight hundred or something, but thank God, um, good old Tupu got over for some pies because he he turned up as well, hundred and one. So look, where I'm actually sitting for the week, I think I'm on 952. I should have asked you that on the top of the show, but how are you, you travelling for the week? Yeah, it was a crap week. I finished on 984. Yeah, yeah. so you're a couple of points better than I am. You know, under 1,000. Yeah. Um, look, I think this week passed probably 1,050, you think, or 1,100? Yeah, I think so. I've seen a couple of teams score that 1,100, 1,200. Yeah, so it's going to be some red arrows. But look, when you think about it, I mean, I got blindsided by... I, I, I did teams on Tuesday and I didn't notice that Olam was out. And I, I was I kind of just went to myself this week, I'll go in with 16 because I just don't want to trade anyone. And I want to keep it strategically because I've gone through in the top four and, and I've gone through to some semis. You know, I want to save it, save it for strategically then... But I was a bit blindsided by all them out, so I ran two down. So with two down and nine fifty two, it could have been a heck of a lot worse. And you know, just if, I would have been over a thousand. I would have been a thousand and fifty if I'd have just picked the right captain and um, I VC um, DCE. You know, but there was just no knowing that that Dewey would have gone so bad. Yeah, honestly, I think this week was the week to um, drop spots. You know, these last couple of weeks, people have been getting those green arrows and. Well, everyone's going to probably go down this week, give it a, a bit of a refresher, and hopefully everything comes back up for the last two rounds. Yeah, well, and I think everyone was anticipating that this week, and people going with thin 17s or even one or two down, I think the most disappointing thing was just, yeah, this week it, with Turbo out, it opened up the captain's race, and, you know, if, if I had a perfect choice of who I could have captained, if there was no Turbo, it would have definitely been Teddy, you know, and, and proved to be the... It proved to be the difference this week for the non, you know, for everyone else who who lost, you know, Turbo. So, yeah, I mean, the game was pretty, um, you know, St. George hung in there, I think. You got um, Hutchinson, such a friggin' hog, mate. He, uh, I don't know how he ever passes, but he, he turned up as well. Um, Takiyahu was pretty good today, 73. I saw him slotting some goals as well. That would have been a really nice, um, you know, treat for owners and... When I first got home, I was out for lunch today, but I got home and um, I saw that Sam Walker started on the bench. He was on zero when I got in, and then he came on and was really busy out there. He looked really good, got a 70 as well. Um, you know, the Chooks, isn't it amazing how well they've done this year? <laughs> I can't believe, I mean, they're going to be fighting it out probably for that top four spot. I know they've got a tough matchup next week. Souths, is it, maybe? Um, but they've done extremely well this year. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's what a great coach does. I mean, Robbo's got good player management, you know. He knows how to steer a team, even with injuries. He knows how to get the best out of them. Yeah, and he's yeah. Cer- certainly doing that. You know, they, they're definitely... I don't know what, whether they're going to be... I haven't got them in my who can take the premiership out, but they'll, they might just win, you know, week one of the finals and, and cause a little bit of a, you know, 
difficulty for whoever wants to go on and on their side of the draw. Uh, over the other side, Zach Lomax tunned up. He looks like he's warming up after all the troubles he's had this year. Um, and he, he got 105. I think he could be a, on the list of good options for next year, I think, Zach Lomax. He's had a bit of a rough old year, but he's going to be cheap as chips next year. Yeah, that... I agree with Zach Lomax. Um, he'd probably be even better next year with Benny Hunt on his side as well. Yeah, 370, so he'll be like fucking cheap as next year. So, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a good game and, and it would have been the difference this week. I think everyone would have been like, oh, you know, I might have got a 950 or a 980, but it doesn't concern me so much if Teddy went 70-80, but he did go big. So there's going to be some jumps there for people. Um, and you know, it was, it was probably the, the match that everyone thought it was going to be, I think. And, uh, in this last one, um, the Broncos held on against the New Zealand, um, Milford turned back the clock and he got an 89, which was a pretty good score for Milf. I think he got over a try and he was in the argy bar. He's doing a bit of enforcer in there <laughs> at one stage. Um, you know, Payne Haas, you know, I was a little worried he was off the field for a little bit of, of, of a while there, but he finished with a 76, which is a good score. Um, you know, who, who are other people that you're going to own in there? There's people that might have owned Fatessi New. He looked actually busier than a 40 out there to me, but um, 40s, not not anything to write home about. And over the other side, you know, um, of people that you own, it's going to be the Currens and the Fenua Blakes, and they didn't fail to deliver as well. 77 for Fenua Blake and 74 Curran. Reese Walsh was good with a 70. So, you know, there have been some good um, good buys for people, I think. Ewan Aiken, 61. Um, you know, if he plays second row next year, he'll be beautiful, you know, to slot into the into the centre wing because he'll definitely be dual next year. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it for scores um, for the week. Um, now, I mean, I guess, you know, well, since I talked to you last, how, how how's your overall rank looking? Yeah, it's been good. Um, well, I started going up on and up, you know. I started getting green arrows uh, a couple of weeks. Um, ended up in... Uh, 1,500 and some, some, something spots, so pretty good climb. I mean, I had to use a couple of trades here and there, but I'm still holding on to my last trade. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a game changer in terms of last-minute restings or injuries I can afford to trade while other people have used their trades like. Yeah, man. Hasn't it been just a... Oh, every, every When you're, you're going into second week of finals in head-to-heads and people are just like... You don't think it's going to be that far out that people are playing 16 and 15, you know, but it's just been the year for it, hasn't it? And, um, you know, I think we kind of expected Hughes and Turbos and stuff out, but Bellamy already doing some restings in there probably hurt some people. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was 700 and something last week, and I think, you know, oh, there's every chance I could drop out of the 1,000. I'd like to stay in the top 1,000. If fingers crossed, that's what I can do. But, um, all right, well, the things that I was going to cover with Benny this week is, um, you know, uh, the studs and duds for the year in each position. You know, um, the, you can have whatever reason you want for why they might be a stud or they might be a dud. Um, you know, it could be just that they had a great year last year and they just tricked everyone that they were going to be great this year, <laughs> you know, and they've sucked or, you know, if they're a stud, that could be somebody who's surprised for whatever reason. So I'll kick it off and I'll go with my stud and dud in the hooker position. Um, I've gone stud is going to be cheese. Now, you know, the 
obvious you, know, you look at averages and and grand is is higher on average but I think that um, for me, the start of the year for Hooker is the cheese because it was just unexpected. He started, you know, at a 400k sort of mark, and him being dual second row, um, you know, Hooker, he just provided an option for people in Hooker when it was a dead position. And, you know, Cook wasn't firing, and Harry Grant was out injured, and the people that jumped and got on cheese, I think that was just that was a godsend for people who wanted to move up the ladder because everyone else was getting 30s and 40s. And the cheese was turning up and scoring tries left, right, and center. So, I mean, he's he's sitting second on on averages for the year in the in the hooker position um, to Harry Grant, who's obviously played limited games. Um, he's got a couple of hundreds in there and a ninety, three eighties. He's he's a real solid scorer. I mean, he's a bit selfish. He loves the old dummy half runs. He loves to get over for a try. Um, but he, everyone thought that maybe you would have got him and he would have been a part time play or you'd have to sell him at some point. But he's just kept on keeping on, and you know. Maybe Grant gets more minutes now and for the last few rounds of the year. But uh, to me, how unexpected, not unexpected because we always knew that the Cheese could score, but him with Grant being injured and him getting those big minutes in hooker, he was just unexpected stud this year for, for mine. Um, the flop for the year um, is Appy Coruscant. Um Last year, Appy, you know, he was 12th on average, so he wasn't in the top five, but last year he had sort of... He made a big difference to Penrith, and he had a, pr- a really good. Um, oh, sorry, no. Last year he was fourth. Um, this year he's he's twelfth. So last year he was top five, and he had an average of seventy five. So he was right up with a pre. He was a premium hooker last year, and um, this year he's lost twenty. His average is twenty five points worse. He's he's twenty five. That's a huge drop. I think he's had an injury plague season. Um, and he's dropped down to 12th. So, you know, he, he's just been an absolute letdown in the, in the hooker position uh, for me. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with the cheese. I mean, I had a chance to pick him up at 430k. Yeah. And then he started going on that try-scoring spree and then just shot up and then Harry Grant got injured and then whoever stuck with him, you know, rode all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, the the funny thing is is that now you can have Grant and, and the Cheese and they both still score well even if they're in a minute share, you know. Probably the Cheese had a couple of quiet weeks before he got this rest, but he's a bit battered and bruised, but they're still scoring better than most other hookers, you know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right. Well, um, I'll go over to the front row. Um, I've got probably an unexpected one in there. I mean, look, the, the stud... Everyone will say that it's IPAP, you know, but and, and I think he has to be the stud um, IPAP because of how well he started the year just with a huge bang. And if you got on the IPAP wagon early, um, you know, you really cleaned up. But I've actually just gone with my favorite, and that was Utikamano. And he was the cheapy, you know, people got to a point where they had to sell Lenu or Utikamano, and I, 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 I kept Lenu and sold Utikamano. Then he goes into Origin, and man, his average since that. He scored five tries this year. In the last in the last three weeks, he's been the sixth highest averaging um, front row, and and in over his five week, he's been fourth, the fourth highest average of, of front row. So, for me, for someone who started at a cheapy rate, and what he's actually, if you were patient, I think that's probably a lesson for everyone next year. Is that sometimes we you got these slow burns and and. You know, you can get tempted to sell a slow burn, but you, you don't always have to necessity sell a slow burn. And Utikamano probably on the surface looked like he was a sell, getting 30s and sometimes 40s. And he, but he did show that he could score a try. 
Um, and the way that he's kicked on, he's going to finish off the year in, in the high 500s, maybe 600. He's starting now, and um, to me, he's just been an absolute stud. It's like he, he was kind of a plotter, not a plotter, but he was not the greatest cheapie in the world until or, that origin period hit, and then, wow, he's just gone through the roof. So um, starting at 186K, he's just been, if you held him there, he probably would have helped you out at a jam. Um you know, he's going up, and IPAP, now that he's actually playing in the front row, is going down, you know? So next week, for instance, in the hard matchup for Parramatta, you'd probably be better off playing your Tikamano over IPAP if he's playing in the front row. Yeah, I agree with Tikamano. Uh, I also traded him out instead of Linu. <laughs> um, I reckon another stunt for mine was probably Matthew Lodge. Yeah. Um, he was 290k, I think, at the start. Yeah. And he got injured early on, and then, you know what, I'm like, Oh, time to sell him on, and then ever since then he moved to the Warriors, and he's been pretty much on fire with uh, AFB. Yeah, and I mean, also you got him for both buys, which was that's that was just made a big difference to teams. You didn't have to sell him and try to get it in a round seventeen player because he was he was there for both buys, which is pretty yeah, awesome. Exactly. Um, look, the flop for me this year in the front row is Clem. Um, look, I know his, his role over there at the Knights is, looks like it's gone through the floor, but last year he was third overall on average for front row. He was, he was top three. Um, you know, and even just his stakes, you know, on the origin scenes, scene have gone down and the same at the club. There's been rumors of him, you know, maybe heading off to another club, but this year he's 19th for front rowers and you should see some of the names in front of him. So it's a huge fall from grace for, for Clem. Top three down to the to nineteenth, and his averages, you know, he's lost over ten points on his average. Um, you know, and you could just see on this weekend when he started, he back up in the seventies. You know, I think it's just a drop in roll um, for Clem, but um, you know, I think there's been some surprise, you know, good front rowers this year, and he's somebody that's you know gone down. I'd also uh, put Junior Puller into the flop list. Mm. Uh, at the beginning, he was playing big minutes, scoring well, offloads galore, and then suddenly he just dropped off. Yeah. He was uh, low 40s, 30s. Yeah. Um, he, had the, he had the minutes, but the score started dropping off. And then, mm. Yeah, he had a little quiet period. Yeah, for he good... seemed pretty average uh, during the origin period. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Um, look, in the second row forward, my stud... Um, is going to be, I mean, you've got your obvious one in, in David Fafita, but I wasn't going to put him on the list for how shit he's done in the last few weeks, but I'm going to put him one that's just taken me by surprise, and that is um, Josh Curran. Um, Josh Curran is, you know, he's got an average for the year of 70.6. Now, I know he hasn't played all the games, but he is, he and he's just gone out there today and done it as well. He's an absolute, you know, super coach friendly type player, and I think he's going to be a great option next year. Um, for people, but he's averaging 70.6. He started at 203k. He's got a three round average of 105 and a five round average of 81.8. Now, those are, those are, I mean, when you're playing for feeder and getting 30s, the people who have got Curran, you know, and remember when he had that, you had that, um, he didn't make it in for the buy in round 17, you know, and I sold him at that point. <laughs> yeah, I went to Bloor, and thank God I've at least got some late year stuff off Bloor, but I was getting nothing but AE nightmares for a while there. But some people I know just, well, I just never got around to getting rid of Curran, and now he's a he's come he's a premium. If he gets minutes, he's a premium um, second row forward. Yeah, um, I, I actually held him during that uh, COVID <sighs> um, exposure, and 
how uncanny is it? Aitken and Curran, both of them were in the COVID and they've probably been the biggest revelations oh, after that. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. And yeah, he... You know, like next year, I think you've got players like I me. Mean, Angus is actually now getting a bit of a rap sheet. He's always going to be a premium sort of option in the second row forward. Um, but he, he can get suspended. I mean, this year he's had about seven weeks out, probably. And, um, you know, Matto, he's got his head knocks and he's also the minutes share now that you, you've got, they've got a lot of forwards there and they're hardly any of them playing huge minutes. You know, there's no 80 minutes Matto anymore. Um, and I think Curran. He he's he's his work rate and and scores are stud scores. He's a stud scorer with minutes, but obviously under Brownie, you don't know if he's going to stay in in a in a good minutes role. Um, but man, he's been a stud. <laughs> he's got stud figures, you know, big time. I'd also add um, Colin Matani to the stud list. He's been enormous week to week. He's just been improving. His... Yeah, he he runs a beautiful line. Um, and that's perfect when you, you're running off someone like Cody Walker. And um, at the start of the year, you know, people were like CHN, Kaloa Tungi, and he's come on leaps and bounds, big time. Yeah. Um, my flopper in the old um, second row forward is is Isaiah Yo. Now, not in actual NRL, because I think Yo's a bloody champion. I think he's one of the best locks in the comp. Um, but I guess the way that they've probably added to their depth this year, um, and maybe even just the ro- role that he's played. Like last year, he was seventh overall for second row forward. It was sort of a breakout year for him as a scorer. Um, I don't know, was it last year that he was dual? I don't know. Can't remember the year before, but yeah, it was last year. Yeah, but he was seventh overall for second row forward in averages last year, just a tick under seventy. Um, and this year he's down to um. 21st overall which is you know there's some pretty meager names in front of him he's averaging 57 this year um i think that he's more of a ball distributor now rather than sort of runs and tackles i guess and you know his three round average is 37 his five round average is 45 you know so he's hit the skids and he hasn't had a strong year super coach wise but in actual NRL, I think it works perfectly for the team. But, you know, you, it's sort of like um, you, when you become that Jake Trojevich, you know, that link person in the thing, it's a lot more sort of catch and, and pass than run. And it's just affected his output for a super coach. Yeah, um, I was going to add Jake Trojevich to the flop list <laughs> yeah. and Lolo as well. Yeah, well, Lolo, you know, he's been a flop all year, you know, and unfortunately, I mean, man... Like I said at the start of the pod, I think that the Titans, you know, they really, they've been dudded on their price that they've paid for Fafita for maybe seven good games this year, and the rest has been trash or, or barely good, you know. Um, and I don't think you've really got your money's worth out of Lolo this year. And I think that Lolo's probably got some points in the bank. <laughs> He'd probably earn a, a year off, but mm, man, it's been, a, it's been a big drop from, you know, from where he was, Lolo. Yep. Um, into the halfback, I've actually gone with um, Burton as my choice. It was tight between him and um, Hughes, but Burton is sitting seventh overall in halfback, and he's been moved every which way all over the field in different positions, hasn't he? And um, he's got 400s this year. He's averaging 66.5. He started at a really low price, three, three in the 300s. Um, he was a midi. Um, and you know, I think that he's been—he's really exceeded everyone's expectations this year. Um, we didn't even know that he was going to be a buy because of his uncertainty, and we thought he was going to go to the dogs and everything. And then they pick him in the centres, and he—he's better than serviceable in the centres. And you know, statistically wise, um, 
you know, in in the halfback role, he's been a good, you know, set backup hook, you know, half. Yeah, I mean, Panthers got lucky they didn't give him an early release, otherwise the Bulldogs would probably have been higher up the ladder. Mm. He's got that good kicking game, you know, he's really, really good. Uh, I think he compliments Luai when Cleary was out. I mean, he took most of the work. And I, I reckon another stud probably that flew under the radar is uh, Benny Hunt. Yeah. You know, in an average dragon side, he's been season average in around 67, which is pretty, pretty high. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really good. He, his figures are good enough for him to be your backup half or up in your hooker position. So the duality was really handy for Hunt as well. So, yeah, totally agree with you on that. Um, my flop of the year is is SJ. Look, the games were down this year. Um, last year, his average was 68.1, and it was third overall um, in the halfback position. Um, I know he's dual, but he was third for, for um, halfback, and this year he's down to 16th, um, and the average has gone down. Um, you know, 18 points out on average. I think that Sean Johnson, he, he I mean, look, he's getting older as well and his style of game is different. So um, he was a super gun, super coach gun of the past. I don't think he's ever going to, I don't think he's going to be a good scorer in super coach anymore, just quietly. Yeah, I mean, his, his tactic pretty much got found out that, you know, isolate the center and cut it out to the winner type of thing doesn't, really work with teams now that they found him out. Um, I'd probably mention the flop, uh, Kyle Flanagan. Oh, yeah. He can hardly yeah, even mean, hold he, his he spot. He was counted as the next, next best thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he, he pretty much fell off the off yeah. the stage. Yeah, big time. All right, well, in the um, 5'8 position, I've gone Dewey as a stud. Couldn't couldn't resist going Dewey as a stud. Um, he is... Well, I mean, last year he was actually pretty good. He was fifth highest averaging for 5'8". Um... You know, not that he was... Was he playing there? Maybe towards the end of the year. But this year, he's in second overall for average. An average of 79.3 is exceptional in the 5'8 position. Um, If you can get the Cody, Walker, and and Dewey combo... um, I know Dewey, you know, there was that little bad bit in the year where he got moved down to the centre wing. He didn't actually score as well there. But if if you... When he went to centre wing, he was clearly in the number one position for 5'8 on average... And when he he's come back, he's he's been, you know, he's got his average back up again. So if he didn't have that little period where he went to, you know, to um, the centres, he he's had an exceptional year, um, you know. And he's got a three round average seventy four, a five round average of a hundred. So in the last five weeks, he's been an absolute bloody gun, and and at the right time of the year where you needed him. Yeah, I mean, there's just something that the five eights, you know, they they go to centre and they they play better. I mean. In Dewey's case, uh, his his move to centre probably gave him a kick up the up the ass for him to start, you know, being more more threatening, which kind of worked out now. Um, I'll probably also add in uh, Josh Hussler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A five eight playing in the second row. I mean, that's that's gold. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I started with him at the beginning when he was um two hundred and something k. Yeah. And yeah, I pretty much held him on uh, before the first buy round. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, Kando brought him in in the 180 or something on the, and, and played him, brought him in and, and played him straight away. And he, I think he got an 80 or something in that, or 90 in that first game. Um, I ended up get, getting him as well. I only sold him in recent weeks just so I could bring Dewey up to 5'8". But yeah, he's had an exceptional year. Yeah, big time. Um, flops for me for the year, I put in two. Um, it's nice and simple. Um, Whiten, last year he was fourth overall in the 5'8 position. Um 
This year he's down to 20th and he sucks. He's, his average has gone from... He's averaging 47.3 this year. Um, and as a Raiders fan, it feels like a 37, not a 47. He's been bloody pathetic. You know, and last year, you know, um, the Raiders did better. Um, and, and in turn, he did better. In top four, down down to 20th. He's just doing nothing this year. Um, and and uh, another flopper I've got is uh, Dylan Brown. Um, last year, he was sixth overall. Um, and he's lost over 10 points on his average this year, down to 13th. Um, you know, obviously he's had some games out as well and got suspended, I think, as well. Um, but he just seems out of sorts, I think, for scoring. A lot of people were, like, thinking of him for the start of the year as a pod, you know, and uh, he hasn't delivered anything really this year to, to be excited about. Yeah, I'll probably add uh, Jerome Law to the flops. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Benny had him. I uh, bought him at a high, high price and, you know, he's 330k. Yeah. He's burnt, burnt a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he he started, you know, in a way that you thought he was going to have a great year. And then, yeah, the people that bought him at a high price and when he went down, I mean, it would have been... People just got... He got down to such a low price that people couldn't even sell him. And then last week with Cleary back, he got a 60-odd, but then this week he's out with an 18 again. So, yeah, I mean, he's really had a... He's had a shocker this year. It's just not worked out well for him at all. Um... All right, in the centre wing, you've got to just mention two studs, I think. Um, you can't, it can't be understated that Hines has been an absolute gun this year. Um, started at 360,000. He's, he's second overall for average in, in the centre wing position, um, 82.5. Um, he's had a great year. I think it's running out now that Paps is coming back to full minutes, but he's been a stud at Hines, and you know you could get him on him at a super cheap price, and he was banging out... You know, big hundreds in there when they were down on troops, and um, he's been a he's been a great buy for people this year. As has um, Garrick. You know, a year like and a year that's out of sight. You know, he, you saw this week. You might as well put a line through Saab and Garrick, and probably a half a line through Cherry Evans when there's no turbo in the team. But um, Garrick is first overall for average in, in center wing, which should be no surprise to people. Um, 88.9 is his average, and he started at 363. So imagine if you started with Hines and Garrick. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you would have been bloody awesome. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought Garrick would have been the highest overrated uh, center winner? Yeah, it's the turbo effect, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, just an amazing year statistically. And just the amount of times he's gone over 100. And, you know, the goal kicking as well. You know, it's really helped him um, on averages. Um, my flops this year, Nofaluma. Um, last year he was second overall, 75-point average. This year he's down to 56, 20 points he shaved off his average. And, you know, that Nofo of old, who was like super coach royalty, I think is gone. You know, like, and I don't know. I think it's just the style of play. I mean, he used to be sort of your Mansour type one with the big, pe- you know, runs, runs, run meters out and he was a tackle breaker and... You know, they don't even get it out to the wing as much now. They don't even seem to go that side as much. I, I think the loss of Benji Marshall um, hindered Nofo Luna's ability because you get Marshall with that big cutout pass to Nofo. Mm. Yeah, and he's just gone off a cliff this year. 20 points he's receded, you know. Um, and I've got another one in there. Um, Lomax. Um, Lomax was fourth last year with a 68.3. Uh, we were just talking about him being three hundred thousand, but he's he's averaged this year. Um, he's gone he's gone down to fifty one average, and he's forty first in the center wing position. You know, like people like 
Tessie knew and stuff were better, you know. So for someone who was top three last year down to 41st overall, he's had a shit, shit year. Yeah, I mean, this year's all been about the centres. I mean, Gary Kynes to all Johnson. Mm. Um, even Josh Mansell when he was filling in on that left side. Mm. It's all been gold. Um, uh, flop and probably potentially a no-go for the rest of his NRL career for me probably be Charlie Staines. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that he was. there was always red flags. I mean, when you had someone who... I mean, last year, the average is amazing because of the few games and multiple, multiple tries, but... So I've been surprised he's even held onto his position, you know, in that team. I think he's lost it in recent times, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, Brent Naden, whose Bulldogs bound, has taken his spot. Yeah. All right, and into the fullback, I mean, we don't even need to discuss Turbo, why he's, you know, he's the best player in the game, I think, for super coach purposes. But an honourable mention to Luttrell. Um, Luttrell's sitting in, you know, fifth overall um, and for, for averages, and he's, he's averaging 81.8. I think Latrell had the big games in him, but outside of it, the base was really bad. And I think his base has improved this year. Um, he's obviously got fitter, and he's had a really good Origin series. And um, you know, he's he's had a good year. I mean, I think that when people we had a, like a little period where it was shit in the fullback position. No Paps, Teddy wasn't firing, Ponga was out injured, and some people just zagged to the zig and, and brought in trell and he was getting good scores you know he's been for stat for for trell purposes he's been a stud this year yeah i mean he lost his duality but there's only two positions you can fit in fullback and you've got to get them right right one um yeah i mean another another good uh fullback this year probably went under the radar was um william kennedy yeah um, he's he's been very good, and there's talk of him potentially vacating his fullback spot for Hines next season. Yeah, well, so, yeah. Mm. I mean, imagine moving him out and bringing another um, that can play the same position. Yeah. All right. Now my fullback flops are going to be AJ Brimson. Um, last year, Brimo was in fourth overall. He was seventy three point six in average, which was sort of not full gun, but he was a just a, a level under. Full gun this year, his average is down to 60 in the fullback. And you're not going to buy a fullback or play a fullback that's average is 60. And he's, you know, like, I mean, he's he's gone into origin and stuff, but he just, you know, the Titans haven't been all that exciting. I think they've just maybe they have, he's looked good in patches, but I mean, he's not he's not as dynamic as he was last year. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, you can count Ponger as a flop, yeah. started off pretty good at uh, the beginning of the year, and then started getting uh. All these injuries, he started getting, um, you know, uh, targeted, and yeah, his his run looks really good at the end of the season, but he hasn't oh, really shown yeah. up. When you look at a player and you look at him for a run, you know, Ponga screamed that he was a buy, and and I bought him, and he's done nothing since. It gives me the bloody shits. But anyway, all right, well, thanks for doing that. I think that was yeah, it's interesting to just have a look at it, and um, you know, there's it's been an interesting old year, and some unexpected names in there. Like for me. Names like um, Curran and Utikamano and The Cheese. You know, like this year, it's not been the names that you... Burton, Dewey, you know. I mean, Dewey was pretty good last year, but, you know, people would have just thought, no Fon Lomax, why would they be on the flops? But you've got Hines and Garrick as the studs, you know. Like, it's been, you know, an unexpected year for, you know, some of the studs and flops this year. Some people have really surprised, you know, in, in the good and bad. 
But um, all right, well, we'll move on now to the game show. Um, basically, it's going to be super coach questions. You get a total score out of 16. You're a Dragons supporter. You know, they, um, <laughs> the Dragons, mate, they've had a rough oh, old year. Painful, painful Dragons supporter. Oh, mate, haven't they had a, you know, like, i got to bet with someone, Kev, a, a mate of mine, 100 bucks that the Tigers had finished above the Dragons um, on points. Hundred bucks, um, and I think they were on the same points going in this. So luckily, the Dragons lost, and I need the Tigers to win one more. <laughs> I thought they were going to win this week. I tipped them, the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they're going to be Dragons themed. Um, you, if you if you get a question right, I'll give you the ding um, for you know getting the answer correct, and I'll buzz you if if it's if it's wrong. I had someone on last week, and I, all I had was a buzz for wrong. And they're like, where's the where's the noise for if I get it right? And I was like, all right, fine. I'll get a noise for if it's right. <laughs> so here we go. I'm going to play my game show intro and we'll do Super Coach Quiz. The, the top score so far is 13 out of 16 by Mike from the Mike and Sam show or from the Super Coach Experience. So good luck, Clem. Um, and here's the intro. Da, 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 da. All right, that's my intro. All right, so the first question, Dragons theme for a Dragons supporter. Um, which player um, has the most total points for the Dragons this year? Good for uh, one point. Well, I'm leaning to either Ben Hunt or Jack Bird. I, I think Jack Bird because he, he got the goal kicking. He started kicking it towards the end. There you go, that's correct. Jack Bird has the most total points for any Dragons player, so that's correct. Um, Now you can get a bonus point if you can tell me who the second highest total score for the Dragons, and I'll give you, I'll just give you a little help. It's not Ben Hunt. Second highest total average, total points, sorry, for the Dragons. Probably say McCulloch, he's just a tapping ball. There you go. Oh, there you go. Two for two. Yeah. And I mean, Mac has been, oh, well, he was only injured just recently. So, but yeah, tackle bot and he always, um, you know, racks up those points, you know, from doing it. Um, all right. Next question. Um, who has the most tries for the Dragons this year? Most tries. Mm, that's a tough one. Most tries. Yeah. I'll probably. Mm, very tough. Mm, I think I think either Dufty or Dufty Dufty. Um, well, I mean, you get it's going to be whoever's the most and whoever's the second. So you know, as long as you get them, either you know you can do it in whatever order. I'd probably say uh, Jack Bird and Dufty. All right, so I'm going to give you that for Dufty. Dufty is the second most tries of the year, and is Jack Bird number one? <laughs> Number one is Mr. Ravalawa. Most tries. He's got oh, wow. yeah, he's got ten tries this year. Um and, and Dufty actually has ten as well. And he's had limited games as well. Dufty gets him in multiples, you know, when you look at it on the scores there. But um all right, so you're three for four um on on the question so far. All right. Um who has the most line breaks for the Dragons this year? The thing about the, those attacking players, who's gonna line break it? Line breaks. Would have been Zach Lomax, but he's injured. Uh, probably go with 
probably go with uh, a Dufty. Dufty, yeah. Dufty is in second. He's made 110 points in in, uh, in line breaks this year. But somebody has more. More line breaks. Probably think about someone who's played more games, I guess, than Dufty. Probably a back, an outside back. Jack mm, Bird. It's, oh, it's Mr. Ravalawa. He's in first. 130 points wow. in line breaks. I mean, most of the time he scores, I think he only he's a tackle breaker, you know, so he you know, gets line breaks. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, his, his scout doesn't pretty much conf- uh, transfer into super coach points. That's why he's probably <laughs> underrated. Yeah, he, and he does get spent a bit of time suspended with the old head tackles, you know. Yeah. But um, all right, so you've got two wrong so far. So you're going to want to be good now because I think what someone got, th- so you got four out of six there in that first bit. Um, and now the next ones are sort of, um, you know, they're probably, if you, if you sit there and think about it, they're easy because they, you can get a total of five points for the next two questions and in, in, in any order, you can name any of the people that would be on this list. Yeah. Um, I want to know in super coach this year, who the top five owned front row forwards are in the whole of super coach. Yeah. Top five are owned. Front row forwards. Uh, probably go first, uh, IPAP. Um, Luke Thompson. No. Uh, Payne, Payne Haas. So IPAP is number one. Payne Haas is number two. So you've got two more guesses. Uh, we'll go with uh, JFH. Correct. JFH is number three. Um, one more guess. Ooh, it's either between, I mean, it's either between Tino, because Tino was highly owned at the beginning, or I'll throw a Smokey out there. Mm. I think I think Ryan James, because people couldn't couldn't find him. You know, they were trying to trade him out, but then they left him, and now he's been probably doing good for the doggy. So I'll, I'll go with Ryan James. Well done. He's twenty two point six owned. So yeah, he was a cheapie from the start of the year, and I think that. You know, he just never got on people's priority. This has been good since he's been at the Dogs. With minutes, you know, I think that maybe the Raiders should try to get him in there on the bench somewhere. You know, he's I like him. Um, all right, so that's a four out of five. So now you, you've got to get all five of these next ones right, um, and you can equal the record. Um, now, who were the top five averaging players uh, of last year? The top five. Top five averages last year. Do they have to play a certain... No number of games. No. If you just if you just on last year and you filtered it by average. Yep, yep. Uh, Charlie Staines. Yes, we know he started with that huge. You know, 112 is average last year. Probably go with uh, Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary was third with an 82.9. So this someone in second. I'll go with uh, James Tedesco. Teddy, and hasn't he improved this year? I mean. I think he's a, such a great leader, and it was something that you probably thought it would take a few more years for Teddy to get into, but hasn't he really come on? And I mean, today he he was fantastic, just fantastic today. Yeah. And, uh, and look, last week he got a ninety nine, but he's just in everything, and he's just taking the team on his back, and it's really admirable, admirable to see. I think Turbo's out of this world, and I think he. If he didn't get rested this week, I think the Dally M was 100% his, you know, and, um, but, you know, Teddy certainly, you'd love, you'd love to have a Teddy in your team. I can guarantee you that. 
Uh, all right, two more guesses. So we've got Staines, Teddy, Cleary. Um, probably Cody Walker. That end of season boost might have helped him. There's no Cody Walker on average. Is in the top five last year. Wow. So you got one more guess of a oh, name geez. that was in the top five. People are probably going to be hammering me. <laughs> um, you can't. You're doing better than a lot of the people that have been on here. Well, there's been some low low scores. Someone who had a good year last year. Just trying to think. <laughs> I mean, last year, last year, last year was more more forward dominant. Uh, probably, I'd probably go with Ponga. Ponga was fourth with a 79.9. And uh, so you get four out of five there. You finish with a 12 out of 16. So you're in second. Um, and that the other name there was Cameron McInnes. Yeah, Cameron McInnes was fifth overall last year with a 76.3 average. Um, and, you know, I don't know if the game was going to... I don't... Because it was, um, dummy half's a dead position i don't know if i'd be starting with mckinnis next year coming off an acl but he had a bloody good year last year that's for sure oh he'll be he'll be heavily discounted i'm, I'm probably gonna jump on him he's, he seems to tackle everything yeah and i mean look next year one of the first picked is going to be um grand i think for me if he if he's you know looking like good minutes and you know maybe macker is a good tackle bot on the bench because i mean mcculloch and hunt have been perfect for that this year i mean this year you know, it's just someone who can get 60 on the bench, you know, perfectly. Um, well, I mean, uh, to finish off the, the uh, podcast, Aaron, 30, I've gone a bit long. I was, you know, I'm doing 100 days no drinking, so I'm fucking bored. <laughs> I'm, drink, I'm drinking Agram Citrus Blend flavor here. I'm bloody no alcohol. I promised the missus I'd do, you know, drinks free. So, um, but look, it's it was... We pegged it as it was going to be a tough round. There's going to be a lot of sub thousands. I don't think there's going to be, you know, you might you might be a hundred points, hundred fifty points shy of what, um, you know, the good scores are this week. But I think probably if you get nine fifty and above, you're probably a hundred points off par, um, and you can expect some red arrows. Been a tough week. Um, fingers crossed for all of us next week. Turbo's back. That'll be a big one. I think. Um, you know, I think he could have played this week probably. You know, and um. You know, it's not going to hurt for him to have a little freshen up, and but imagine he would have scored bloody three hundred this week. <laughs> and, I was banking on him playing. I mean, he's a set and forget scene. Yeah, absolutely, and it would have made this week a heck of a lot boring. You know, and people who, as soon as Turbo was out, if you owned Teddy, you you knew you had a an advantage this week. Um, but you know. Olam was rests, and if you have him, he's going to be back next week. And, um, you know, I think that um, old mate Luke Thompson, the only people held him and waited for him to come back, and I think he's already up on a crusher again, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you held him so far, and he only played one game. <laughs> yeah, and then he's out again. So, you know, the, depending on how it all, you know, because Bellyache Belly, might rest more. You know, he could, um, I doubt he's going to rest someone like Grant, who's missed time in the year. Um, but you know, he might rest month. I'd expect Munster to probably have a, a week off and who says that they wouldn't even give Hines a week off because he's played every game this year, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, probably all the, all the big players, Munster, Hines, Welch. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe even, even Jerome Hughes might get one more rest. Oh yeah. I mean, 
isn't it made the finals just a bit you know like in the old saying i said at the top of the the, the my podcast which you'll hear if you listen back you know a lot of talk on i was listening to the, the uh, sc playbook and they were like should we have more trades next year look there's going to be some tweaks to the game and i think you know there's been tweaks to the nrl brooding bringing in an 18th man because hia has been taken more seriously and even the penalties for causing hia is greater this year so I think the super coach has to probably, if the the game itself has changed, they have to change. And I think maybe they find a happy medium where it's a couple of trades. So give give everyone a little bit, um, and maybe some other tweaks. I could handle if there was no uh, extra trades, but they tweaked it to make the game more manageable with some of the things we've had to face this year. Because, I mean, if I'm being honest, I've no, I know a lot of people that have uh, kicked up heels and said I'm I'm done for the year. You know, I'm. I'm down in 15,000th and, you know, it's been a, a shit old year and they haven't enjoyed the Supercoach as much this year. Yeah, yeah, I reckon Supercoach is probably a bit behind. I mean, if you look at the EPL, I think they've got it right. They've got uh, wild cards, uh, you know, they've got, if you save uh, transfers, you can get an extra uh, trade. Um, potentially, if you're using a trade, some of your points get deducted, you know, just little incentives just to probably think, you know, smarter. Yeah, I mean, if they had just in a, t- a top column of your thing, five. Five extra traits, but they can only be triggered if you've got an injury, you know? And everyone's going to probably use them. At, well, you might get someone who's a one-week, and you might jump the gun early, but they can only be accessed to cover an injury. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's not five, maybe it's three. You just get a three up in the column, and it can only be done, you know, if there's an injury. I don't know, but... I think that, um, you know, the game has to adapt a little bit, but I think, and hopefully they do. It'll be really interesting next year. I think they're going to just jazz it up a bit, make it a bit more interesting, like you said, on like with the EPL. But good luck to everybody next week. It's hopefully, you know, like I ran down this week, and hopefully I'm fairly confident I'll get a full 17 next week to at least hit my, you know, do, where we're up to the proper do or dies next week in our head-to-heads. Um you know, good luck, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. And here, I'll do my um, the out the out theme of, and and I'll sing you out, Clem. Which would have been you, Benny. Oh, you done me dirty, SC Sponge. Nah, love you, mate. And hopefully, I can get you on again soon, eh? Because I had all that stuff prepared for you. Those lovely songs. <laughs> thanks for coming on, Clem. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, shout out to Benny. Hopefully, uh, we see him uh, and hear his uh, dulcet tones. Mm, yeah, we'll get him on soon. All right, well, here we go. Ado had Clem on. He's a really good fill-in, isn't he? Nice and calm. He can talk a bit of super coach. We'll forgive him for being a Dragon supporter, but it could be worse. I mean, you could be a fucking Raiders supporter. But thanks for coming on, Clem. You are a dead set legend. Thanks, guys, and have a good week.